Hello, friends. Welcome to Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. All right, I'm just going to jump right into today's episode. Um, this one is actually from December of last year. I recorded this, so it's sitting in the vault, and I don't know why I didn't release it. Probably because I was just feeling self-conscious about it, or whatever the case may be. Who gives, who gives a fuck? I'm going to release it today. So let's get right to the episode. This is a solo cast. This is me talking about myself and um, my story. And I probably talk in circles and ramble. But if you are interested in here, you know, hearing about who I am and some of my story and different things, um, here we go. This is the one for you. So let's get to today's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Outside Perspective with me, Adam Meredith. Today is a different type of podcast. We're going we are going to do a different type of podcast today. First, um, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. I say Merry Christmas. I celebrate. I celebrate Christmas. Um, it's actually kind of weird. I I don't uh, prescribe to to Christianity. However, I've always grown up celebrating Christmas, so uh, I kind of celebrate it more in the spirit of just uh, gratitude and giving and, you know, being with your loved ones. Um, I'm not really into gifts, but I do love, um, you know, just spending time, uh, you know, taking that time out and spending time with those people that you care about. And just showing that appreciation, and uh, and yeah, just 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 all the love that is in the air typically during the holidays is always a good thing. So, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, anything else that you celebrate. If you don't celebrate, it's all good. Um, it's Christmas Eve. If you're listening to this when it drops, if it's after, all good either way. I hope you're having a wonderful day. So like I was saying, we're going to do this one a little bit different. I'm not going to have a guest on this podcast. We are, what are we, 35 episodes in. And uh, it's been a fucking crazy, crazy year. Uh, At the end of December, it will be five months since the podcast has been officially released and available. And things are going pretty well i'm pretty happy with uh the uh the amount of people that are listening and just the response that we're getting has been very positive and i can't thank you guys enough so thank you uh if you could do me a favor while, I, while i'm thinking about it and uh leave a review leave a uh, leave a rating it really helps the podcast out a lot also just go tell a friend share this if there's one of the you know if there's a conversation that you found helpful or that you enjoyed, you found entertaining or wherever the case may be, just share that podcast and uh, help us grow this. So, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, no guest today. I want to tell you guys about me. Um, It's been suggested that I have somebody interview me, and I will. Actually, at some point, I'll have somebody on 
inter- you know, and do an interview with me, and I'll start working on uh, being on other podcasts as well, so I can start connecting with other people in the podcasting community, and uh, having you know other podcasters on the show, and also me being on their show. Uh, it's been a hell of a ride since I've started this thing. I've always been an avid podcast listener. Some of my uh, some of my favorite podcasts are. You know, you've heard me talk about them. You know, the MFCEO project is a huge one. I love that pro- uh, podcast. Uh, the Model Health Show uh, with Sean Stevenson. I love that podcast as well, especially since both of those guys are here in St. Louis. Uh, man, that's such a motivating thing just to have such successful people like that in this city. And you know, they're just a couple of, uh, you know, they're just a couple of the successful people in the city. You know, there are tons. So. I love those two podcasts, but, you know, the Tim Ferriss Show, Joe Rogan, uh, Radio Lab. I love, love, love um, Hardcore History with uh, Dan Carlin. Such a great podcast if you haven't checked that one out. Man, just so many to list. Uh, you know, to list. Uh, I, you know, I kind of cherry-picked through a handful, uh, but those, those right there are some of my favorite for sure. Uh, man, I know I'm forgetting some. Oh, I really love the uh, Total Human Optimization Hour, formerly known as the On It podcast with uh, Kyle Kingsbury. Since he has taken over the show, it has this show has just you know gone to a whole nother level. So that's a really great one too. Um, those are just some of the things that I'm interested in. But man, there's a fucking. I tell people it blows me away that people aren't aware, you know, of podcasts. You know, this is still a very new thing. And uh, I tell people all the time, just whatever you're interested in, I guarantee there's a podcast for that. So, yeah, so I started this thing and I wanted to do this because I simply just want to connect with people. I have a hard time with empathy. Um, I'm always just like, just like, you know, knuckle up, buttercup, get the shit done. You know what I mean? Like put the feelings aside and, and, uh, and do what you got to do. And on that same note, I just have a hard time feeling sorry for people because I don't expect anybody to feel sorry for me. So, you know, when, when people have gone through hard things or whatever the case may be, you know, I definitely, you know, have some like empathy for them, but not like so much that I, you know, I don't know. It's really weird. It's like, it's like, oh, yeah, man, like, that sucks. You know what I mean? Like, whatever the situation would, you know, may be. Say you lost your job, man, that really sucks, dude. Like, but I don't, like, feel bad for them. You know what I mean? Because I wouldn't expect them to feel bad for me. In fact, I have lost my job, and I didn't even, you know, I didn't go around bitching and moaning and crying about it. Like, nobody even fucking knew. And the people that did know, nobody felt sorry for me because the most common thing I ever heard was, well, you know, I know you'll be fine. And that's just always been the type of person that I am. Like, you just put in the work and you get it done. And, uh, you know, you put feelings aside. So I have a hard time feeling sorry for people when when things, you know, that are challenging come up. Because we all have challenging things. That's life. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to feel sorry for that. And uh, – because of that, I've always had this hard time, you know, connecting with people. I've been very focused on myself. You know, I wanted to reach the absolute highest level that I possibly could as a professional MMA fighter. And for me, that was, 
you know, making it to the UFC and, you know, giving it a run there, whatever that would be, you know. And uh, so when you compete at a high level and you train at a high level and you're fully dedicated to an individual sport that is 100% about, like, you and how you're feeling and how you're performing, I didn't really take the time or, you know, to develop the skills of or really wanted to develop the skills of like getting to know people or uh really just I, just I basically i just i didn't really have empathy i don't have empathy so I, it's one of the things that i really wanted to work on and that was you know connecting with people and caring about people and uh and the podcast has been like the perfect conduit for that uh yeah i mean i don't know any other way I could just sit down with the people that I'm sitting down with and just have an uninterrupted conversation and connect with them. You know, I could have went the route of doing these podcasts via Skype or phone calls or any other uh, any other channel that isn't face-to-face. And uh, I chose not to do that. I chose to do all of these in person. So I will not do any sort of remote podcasting. And uh, I've definitely lost guests because of that. You know, schedules don't match up, whatever the case may be. It's just difficult to align those things. So, you know, you got to be patient. And uh, yeah, it's it's just one of those things. I feel like, you know, you got to take the hard road sometimes. All the time, actually. I fucking, I tend to take the hard road. I'm not afraid to put in the work. So, yeah, you know, it, it makes it more difficult, but I think these podcasts are a, are a whole lot better because of it. I think that being able to actually sit in a room and connect with people is so important. And I can tell you the interactions I have before and after, you know, I hit the record button have been fucking amazing. Like when you can sit down and you can look somebody in the eye and you can have, you can feel that energy. And, you know, when when the recording stops and you're still sitting there talking and you're even having a better conversation because the conversations are always better when they aren't, when we aren't recording. Right. So I was seeking that. I just wanted to connect with people and just learn their stories. There's so many fascinating humans in this world. And I think it's so easy to get wrapped up in the idea that, you know, your reality is like the only reality. It's, it's really hard to see past, our own struggle I found and being able to like step outside of yourself and see other humans and to realize that we all feel these things you know what I mean like we all feel love anger sadness we all go through these gamut of feelings well not all right I mean some people are fucking nuts and they don't feel anything but like the human experience is as different as it is on an individual basis in the sense of like, you know, the person living in India may not have the exact same experience as the person living in Africa or the person living in Australia or the person living in the United States. You may have this, and even within the United States, right? Missouri is going to be way different than LA, which is going to be different than like, Houston, which is going to be different than New York and Miami 
So Cleveland, right? So all these places are going to be different. You're going to have this individual experience. But on a grand scale, the human experience is still the same. And it's so crazy to think about that. I know I've, I've, so many times I've thought to myself, I'm not like anybody else. And I am a little different, at least here in the Midwest for sure. I'm fucking a little different. I'm a little weird. We're all fucking weird though, right? I mean, you look at everybody's little social circle and they're essentially all the same. Like they all have stupid inside jokes and like they all have, you know, likes and dislikes and whatever the case may be. Like the details may be different from one group to the next, but from a like from a high level perspective, like it's all the same. So I wanted to connect with people. I say all that to say this. I wanted to fucking connect with people in a meaningful way. And uh, the podcast was the perfect way to do that. So, yeah, that's why I started this journey. And uh, it's been a hell of a ride so far, you know, wrapping up 2018. I have a goal. I have a goal of 100 episodes by the first, by the end of the first year, first calendar year. Uh, no, first physical year, calendar year. I don't fucking know. At the end of twelve months, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to have to uh, release some episodes. Probably a, f- a few weeks. There's going, there's definitely going to have to be three, maybe four episodes to get that. The first eight weeks, I only did one a week, which is the common release schedule for a lot of podcasts. Is just one a week. But I don't know how to do anything halfway. I always just jump head first in the fucking everything i go balls fucking deep and uh yeah so now i'm doing two a week so if you're keeping up you can check these out on mondays and thursdays two a week and this is the first solo podcast uh most of the time i have a guest with me and i like to talk to people from all walks and lives just all backgrounds uh anything that interests me I definitely am trying to expand the guests that I have. Um, I've done quite a few jujitsu and some MMA and some music. I had an engineer on. Um, we've had some cannabis experts. Uh, gosh, definitely a lot of health and fitness. I had oh, fuck it. I, when I think about it, it's kind of crazy all the people I've connected with thus far, and I got some even better ones lined up. Uh, this this whole process has really forced me to sit down and think about, you know, who do I know and what are they doing? And I have to actually really care about who do I know and what, and, you know, and what they're doing. And also, not necessarily if, if I don't know them, how can I know them? How can I get to them? You know what I mean? Like, how can I have that conversation? And a lot of, it's, a lot of the times it's just fucking approaching them and hopefully, you know, they respond. And also, like, having thick skin, you can't. You can't be, you have to be diligent and you can't take things personal, which is just a good life lesson in general, right? Because again, we're all humans. We're all going through our, our own experience. And oftentimes when you have a bad, you know, an encounter with somebody, maybe they're an asshole all the time, maybe, but more likely you just caught them at a bad time and it had nothing to do with you, right? So not taking things personal uh, when you're trying to schedule these things and people don't respond to you, uh, it is what it is. You know what I mean? So you just go hard. You go hard. That's what I do, man. That's what I'm doing. I'm just trying to just churn these out, produce good content for you guys, and uh, and fucking connect with all these awesome human beings.
Yeah, man. So I will have somebody on the podcast to interview with to interview me at some point, but let's just go back. Who am I? Uh, it's so weird to think about because I've, I've thought about my story before, but I've never really sat down and like pieced together like my story. Like, who am I? Like, we all know who we are, but do we? Like, have you ever like sat down and thought about like your experiences and like put it into a like a story that is like compelling and like marketable and is true and honest and, and like thoughtful. You know what I mean? I've never done that. You know, I've, I've done different interviews and, you know, I just answer those questions and I kind of give the same answers every time. But sometimes, you know, recently I've been thinking about like, who am I? And sometimes it's fucking really hard to actually think about that and then also it can for me it's been blowing my mind like so who am I I am Adam Meredith and I'm from Missouri specifically uh I'm from a fucking dirt road in the backwoods of Missouri from a small town which actually I grew up mostly on my grandmother's farm which was outside of this small town, but my mother and I, we moved to this town uh, or inside the town. It was called, you know, (laughs) my grandma growing up, you know, in the farm, like she would always say, going into town to the store, you know what I mean? And that was like a fucking, I don't know, it's like 15 miles or some shit. And uh, so we we moved to, you know, we moved into town and this is called Potosi, Missouri, small little place. And uh, you don't ever really think about that, at least I haven't, until I start talking to these other peoples and all, all th- these other people and all these other different experiences and where they grew up. And man, like I grew up in a small ass backcountry town to a poor family. Like my mom had me a month before her uh, her 18th birthday. Uh, she was a senior in high school. My dad was a year younger than her. Um, I think he was actually still 16 at the time. So I think it was two months before his 17th birthday, you know. And uh, my mom had lived in a single mother household. And she had three other brothers or three other siblings. Uh, and... Her dad wasn't there. I don't think there was any. Yeah, single mother. So her dad wasn't there. You know, I think my, you know, and my uncles had different dads. My aunt had a different dad. So it was a very poor family in the, in you know, in, in rural Missouri. And I never really thought about that. And you don't know these things when you're, you know, you're a kid. Uh, yeah. So like those were my beginnings in a small ass fucking town. And I think about. I often try to analyze like who I am and like why certain things are or and maybe I just overanalyze things but I came you know I come from very hard working folks who uh you know my grandma did actually you know later on in life go back to you know she went and got her degrees um I think she got her masters 
uh, but you know she you know she went back to school and she was a teacher. Um, later on in life, I don't think she was whenever I was growing up. I'm not positive on that, but it was a very uh, what was it? They were it's just conservative is the best way to put it in in mindset meaning it's a small town and there's a lot of uh there's a lot of like uh just small town tendencies it's it's a very uh it's not a growth mindset right it's a very fuck it's uh it's i'm blanking out on uh oh scarcity it's a very scarcity set you know it's a very scarcity mindset in those type of areas you know it's like crabs in a fucking barrel like everybody's trying to keep everybody down you know it's small town gossip and it's i don't know it the you know you hear you hear things growing up like well you know the smiths i i don't know you know have always been this or you know what i mean like everybody's generalized and and uh it's just it's just crazy when you think about growing up in that environment of of scarcity mindseted people you know scarcity mindset is it said it people with a scarcity mindset you know when you think about growing up in that like I look back on certain instances and I can remember some conversations that I had and god like I was never taught to uh just some of the skills but you can't rely on that or no I mean you can't like sit back and that be like a crutch right can't use that as an excuse oh well i grew up this way so you you never grow right i've definitely have grown past it but it's just so weird to uh to think about i don't know this is just all rambling (laughs) so yeah anyway i grew up to just a very poor backwoods fucking people and uh my mom had me before you know a month before her 18th birthday and, uh, you know, we didn't have it easy growing up. My mom worked very hard uh, growing up. It was just her and I for a while. You know, I have two younger brothers that I grew up with in the house. They were, they are my stepdads. So I was raised by my stepdad and my mom. And uh, I was not an easy child when my stepdad came around. Jesus Christ, I fucking, he is a saint, man. Because he has always treated me like his own. And i that's who I consider my dad these days. My real dad was never around. Uh, I, I always gave him the opportunity to be. And my mom never kept him away from me. It was just more important for him to go do other things. Like, you know, just be an irresponsible child. And, you know, I even gave him the opportunity up until I was probably, I think, like 19. I, I can remember the last time I actually talked to him. It was, I was a freshman in college, and I was, every morning I'd wake up at uh, like 5 o'clock, and I would go, maybe it was like 5.30, and I would go to uh, to the cafeteria. My We had to do uh, work and learn to help get some money off of your tuition. I would do work and learn, and so every morning I'd wake up, and I would unload the truck that came to the cafeteria. I didn't want to fucking wash dishes, and I didn't want to work during the like the meal times. So I, 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 I don't know. I just fucking happened upon the right guy in the kitchen, and I was able to unload the truck every fucking day. And it was that's how I got my my work to learn hours. 
So I was, uh, yeah, I was just finishing up work. I was walking back to my dorm and he called me and he was telling me I had birthday and I can remember we were in like in the middle of the conversation. He like cut me off and said, hey, uh, I got to go, buddy. I'll call you back. And then that was just the fucking last time. Like he's reached out to me since then uh, on social and I just kind of said my piece and just moved on. But yeah, that was the last time I talked to that guy. So I was raised by my stepdad and uh that's who I consider my dad and he came around whenever I was so my my brother Adrian is 5 years and 3 months so I mean he probably came around I don't know like whenever I was like 5 uh no I mean what 4 I guess I had been 4 probably came around whenever I was 4 years old and uh you know they kind of had a puppy relationship and they got married and we all moved to Jeff City so we all being my mom, my dad, and uh, my brother Adrian, we moved to Jeff City, which is where he lived and worked. And I was 11 years old at that time. This is 1999. I was born in 87. This is 99 that we moved. So I was 11. I was about to turn 12. I was not 12 yet. Uh, I was in sixth grade. So I grew up from you know, up until I was almost 12, you know, in, you know, in Potosi, on my grandma's farm a lot of times. I can remember a period of time where uh, it was my grandmother raising me. I think uh, whenever, she's not going to really probably be too happy with me sharing this, but this is my fucking reality and my truth. You know, uh, whenever I was real young, I can't really even remember all the details, but I know that, you know, my mom had gotten in some trouble and it was just my my grandmother I was living with my grandmother for a while and uh yeah so I can remember that and I can remember too, fuck I remember one time that uh my mom and I we like slept in the car I don't know if like her and my grandma like were just having the falling out or what the case would be there's a lot of like arguing and shit between them two I can um, I can only imagine, you know, your fucking eighteen year old daughter, you know, just had a kid, and uh, your set, you know, I mean, I guess my mom was probably, I would imagine, if I if I can remember this shit, she was probably, I don't know, twenty one, twenty, twenty one. How early can you remember things? I have a pretty good memory. And uh, so yeah, man, just never really had a. You know, so I guess my point in saying all this, I come from humble beginnings because I talk to some people, man, and it's like upper middle class and different things like that or just well off or and it's like, fuck, man, I guess I really did grow up fucking poor. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, you're poor, but you don't really feel poor. You know what I mean? And then like once you get older and you start looking back on things, it's like, fuck, man, I was poor as shit. And as a result, I was taught poor things like I can one thing that always rings to my mind is uh all the time and I think my mom probably still does it to this day like that's name brand that's name brand like I don't give a fuck about a name brand but like growing up like that was always like an important thing like you always had to have name brand like you had to have Nike's and like you're just taught to value things that aren't important like I don't value those things I think that's like what poor people value now you know what I mean like people who 
put all of their value into material things and they don't value things of real value like knowledge or experience or travel you know what i mean like i didn't leave the state that i can remember until the first you know until i was 16 the first time i ever left the state of missouri was for a wrestling camp and that was to nebraska so like we i didn't travel i didn't see things and i think when you don't value experience and you value name brand, I think that's a very poor mindset. So, I, I mean, I had Nikes growing up and I had fucking, uh, sometimes I had like some, there was a point to where like, so my mom worked really hard uh, and it was just me and my brother and her before, you know, my stepdad, her and my stepdad got married. And I can remember she worked really hard, like, but she would get me things like she did give me like Nike shoes or she would get me like Jinko jeans, like $50 Jinko jeans. No, and she couldn't afford it, but she, she worked and she made it, she figured out a way to do it. You know, whenever I was, I don't know, let's, I, probably in like fourth or fifth grade and that's what all the kids are wearing. And I want, you know, and that's, you know, I fucking whined because that's what, you know, that's what you want because that's what the kids are doing. And and she fucking obliged that no matter how poor we were. And uh, so I think about that. Like, that's a very poor mindset. But anyway, we moved to uh, to Jefferson City whenever I was 12. And that is where I met my brother, my best friend, Antonio D. Rose. Fucking love that guy. Had him on the podcast. If you have not checked that out, that is episode 22. It's a good one. I met Antonio my very first day in school. And uh, I won't rehash all of that shit. You can go back to that episode. We talk about that. And uh, But it was... It's crazy, man. The universe, you know... We used to always say this thing growing up. Like, we always just look at each other and be like, level. Like, because we're always on the same level, man. We're always on the same vibration, like... Just like one word, you know, two words, it's a whole fucking conversation, right? Like, <laughs> when you're talking to your best friend, I mean, all you need is a look, and uh, and that's it. Just a look and, and like, maybe two words, <laughs> or maybe just, like, a little eye glance, and you just said, you guys just had an entire fucking conversation. So, yeah, man, did that. Growing up was, uh, you know, I did a lot of sports, uh, once I got to Jefferson City, um, I didn't really do many sports as you know a kid in elementary school. I played baseball one year. I was on a traveling baseball team, and uh, yeah, I think that was it. I think that was it. No, I lied. I played. I did flag football. I think I did flag football for a year as well. Those are the only two sports that I remember ever playing. Um, now I was very active. I was always out in the neighborhood. That was kind of the nice thing growing up in a small town like that. Uh, I would, I was a, (laughs) fuck man. So I'm skipping over, I'm skipping back and forth here on a few different things. But growing up, I, uh, in Potosi, I was, I was a latchkey kid from the time I was in like kindergarten, like five. So I, I would go home by myself with a key. And, 
so a lot of times I would just, uh, I'd get home and I'd fucking drop off my bag and I'd hop on my bike and I'd ride out into the neighborhood and go hang out with my friends and play. And we were in whatever sport was in season. We were always playing. We were playing basketball. We were playing baseball. We were playing football. We were wrestling. We were riding bikes. We were fucking goddamn. We were playing hockey. Like we were doing it all. So I was very active, but going back to the things that I was taught, in rural Missouri, it was not taught. I was not taught to eat healthy. I wasn't really taught, you know, um, the importance of, of you know, getting. And in uh, all fairness, there was a lot of uh, misinformation uh, out during this time, and nobody was really taught this information. But you know, I I was I grew up being taught that you had to clean your whole plate because there are starving kids in Africa. And not everybody was taught that, come to find out. I know a lot of us were, but a lot of people weren't. You know what I mean? So I was taught you always fucking, you know, you always finish your food. And I had, I, I come from um, a family who was not very healthy and uh, has always had, you know, weight issues and different things. So I grew up eating like shitty food, white bread, uh, anything from a box, you know, lunch meat, sandwiches, uh God damn, I remember when Potosi got a McDonald's for the first time. Holy shit, that was the talk of the town, man. I ate so much McDonald's. My uncle worked there. We, we used to eat McDonald's all the time. Um, just shitty food, man. Just not real. F- now, growing up on the farm, though, my grandma did make, like, she would use real food in the sense of, like, I mean, she had a garden, so we'd have some vegetables and different things like that. But a lot of it was just cheap, shitty food. I mean, she had a lot of kids, and uh, that's what you eat, right? You eat sandwiches, and you eat all this cheap shit because it goes a long way. So I grew up eating real bad food, and as a result, even though I was active, I was fucking fat. I was a chunky-ass kid, and I didn't know it. That was the thing. I remember one time in elementary school, I had a gym teacher tell me, you move quick for a big kid. I'm like, what? Like, it hurt my fucking feelings. Like, I didn't, like, a big kid? What are you talking about, man? Like, I'm not a big kid. I didn't know. I didn't know I was, I didn't know I was fat. Like, my best friend, as a child, he was really overweight, too. And, um, I didn't really know I was overweight until my stepdad. Like, he made it, he let me know I was fucking fat. Like, and, um, it really hurt my feelings at the time, but I thank him for that because it's, it's made it a priority for my, you know, it, it set the tone to make that a priority for the rest of my life, which, um, you know, I, I owe him a lot for that. So, yeah, I mean, I grew up just, like, not eating well, and uh, but I was very active, and uh, I was an athlete. You know, my real dad, I say that, but my biological father, I guess, is what I should say, my biological father, that side of the family, very athletic. Um, it's really weird. I actually... That side of the family, um, everybody's family, like, but him, <laughs> as weird as that is, um, I, you know, I just, I just don't consider him my dad, but, um, you know, uncles, cousins, aunts, like, they're all, you know, it's all good, um, I don't really talk to them too much or see them very often, but, you know, it's all love, and, um, you know, that's just life, I don't get too hung up, and, and maybe this is part of why I wanted to, you know, have the podcast and, and actually build relationships. I don't really get too too hung up over 
like labels in the sense of or even just like relationships in the sense of like we may be blood and like you may we may you know what i mean like we may have genetics that we share but like that just just because of that like that doesn't hold weight with me like i'll drop you just as quick as i drop anybody else and i say that because i don't have time for like negativity in my life and i don't have time for people who are just you know habitual losers and i don't say that in a bad way but it's the fact you know some people in this world no matter how much you help them they're gonna fucking lose and uh i just don't have time for that you know i really do believe that you are you know the sum accumulation of the people that you associate with and hang out with so if you're doing things that i don't agree with and i don't want to be around and i just won't be around it so whether you're family or not now that's not to point towards anybody, but I say that because I don't have like those emotional holds that some people do is what I'm saying. Uh, and it, it, maybe that's a good thing, maybe it's a bad thing. I don't know. It just is for me. So again, that's kind of why I wanted to like, back to why I started the podcast and why I want to connect with people and, and just make that uh, something that is. Uh, more prevalent in, in my uh like my character so fuck me where was i going i went on a big ass tangent random thing there yeah so yeah i grew up not eating too well what was i saying I grew up not eating too well talked about that side of the family Oh, yeah, but I moved well, right, because I had good genetics. So my uncle, he actually um, was a D1. He's a fucking football stud, D1 fucking stud, uh, played a year in the NFL, and uh, was just uh, you know just an athletic beast, still is to this day, man. I saw him probably, it's been a while now, but goddamn, whenever I hugged him, the dude felt like a fucking shit brick house. So... A lot of good genes on that side of the family. However, I still can't fucking jump for anything. I just need to train harder. <laughs> so a lot of good genes on that side of the family. But uh, yeah, man, I was I was I grew up very overweight, uh, and it wasn't until seventh grade, whenever I really started into uh, structured sports, uh, that I started to lean out. I started, you know. And I think in sixth grade, I actually played basketball. And in seventh grade, I played football and basketball. And then in eighth grade, I played football and basketball. But I quit basketball because I hated that shit. First and only thing I think I've ever fucking quit as far as sports are concerned. I hated all the fucking running. It just was not enjoyable. And it was actually the best decision that I ever made because it led me to the real best decision that I ever made, which was to start wrestling. So it's all goes hand in hand, right? They're the same fucking season. So uh, we'll get to that here in just a second. We'll get to that here in just a second. So yeah, man, I was uh, very active, uh, but I was very heavy and I just wasn't really taught good eating habits or, or anything like that. So fuck, dude, I want to tell you guys something. What was I going to say? I don't know. I don't know what I was going to tell you. I was going to say something about uh, middle school. Was it my best friend being overweight? 
in elementary school? Nope. I don't know. Maybe I told it to you. Either way, so I started sports in middle school, and that's when I started leaning out is my point. Um, fuck, man, I can remember. I think I grew 13 inches in a year. Or maybe it was a summer I grew 13 inches. Year or a summer? A summer sounds better, though, doesn't it? Let's just call it a year, though. I did grow 13 inches in a year, so I fucking sprouted up, and I thinned out, and uh, you know I was playing football, which... That was the worst fucking decision ever. Why do people let their kids play football? I get it. It's one of America's biggest sports and all that good shit. But first of all, why do we call it football? That's stupid because football, which is the number one sport in the goddamn world, which is you actually use your foot to kick a ball. Why, why do we call it soccer? That makes no sense. We call it football. Football is like a train wreck every fucking play i i personally will not let my son play football um i it was the worst sport it was if i could go back in time i would not play football i would much rather play baseball or soccer or something instead of wasting my time playing football it's a concussion wait it's not if you're going to get a concussion multiple concussions so you're look you're looking at chronic traumatic encephalopathy i might be fucking that up look it up cte TBI, traumatic brain injury. These things are fucking real, man. And everybody gets them. I probably have it. I do have it from playing football. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't take much, right? So, I don't know what to agree to. To what degree? It could be very little. I've I've taken a lot of precautions to, uh, to help my brain. But then again, I did fight professionally, so there can be issues there, right? More than likely, there is. I've been hitting the head a fucking lot, so like. This shit's just not cool. Like, the hypocrite, right? I mean, fucking the, the pot calling the kettle black, right? I mean, I mean, football's way worse than fighting, though. I mean, you, you especially MMA. MMA is better than boxing because I tell people this all the time. You have more ways to defend yourself, so you're going to take a whole lot less punishment. And really, especially towards the end of my MMA career, I didn't really spar a lot, so I didn't take a lot of damage, if any, especially head punishment. So there's some. Anyway, back to football. Football, all my injuries, not all, I'd say 90% because I did get hurt a couple times with MMA. But growing up in school anyway, all of my injuries came from football. I badly sprained both of my ankles, which today, which then caused me to fucking baby my ankles so that I always kept them tight. And now you combine just, you know, constant life with shoes and how bad shoes are for your feet. And I, I just have terribly tight ankles is my point. I pulled my groin. I don't know how many times I pulled my groin. I hyperextended my elbow. God damn, I don't know how many times I fucked up my hands. Um, always had scars on my arms. I separated my shoulder. Constant headaches. Like, just always hurt. Always fucking hurt playing football. And uh, I just don't know why people do it. It's just crazy. It's just, it blows me away. So I'm not a big fan of the sport, if you can't tell. And if you are, mm, good for you. That's cool. So, yeah, I played football, played basketball. But in high school is whenever I started wrestling. Now, there are a handful of decisions in one's life that are huge decisions. We make decisions every day. Some are small decisions. Some we 
don't realize how big they are when we're making them. And for me, wrestling was one of them. That altered the entire course of my life. I may not have ever started fighting. I may not have ever um, started jujitsu or, you know, I've been led down that path if it weren't for wrestling. Now, I will give football this credit because I started wrestling because of football. Really, I started wrestling specifically because my friend, he convinced me to come out. So if you're listening, thank you, Richie. I really appreciate that. Um, the greatest decision of my life. So let me tell you about this story. I was working at one of the varsity football games. Ninth grade football season was over. So we, I don't know what the fuck we did. I think we sold flyers or some shit. Hanging out at the football game, sitting there talking to my buddy. He, uh, He's like, dude, you should come out to wrestling. He just started going out for wrestling. Why did he go out for wrestling? Because his older brother went out for wrestling, of course. So he's like, dude, you should come out for wrestling. I'm like, nah, dude, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't know anything about wrestling, man. Like growing up, uh, one of my favorite teachers in the whole world, his name is Russell Leak, Mr. Leak. And uh, he was a wrestling coach for Potosi when they had it. They didn't have it actually whenever I grew up. Uh, well, by the time I got to high school, they didn't have it anymore. But they did have it whenever I was in elementary school, and uh, he was the wrestling coach there. So I was a little, uh, I was a little bit exposed to that because he's like, "No, this is real wrestling," and I'm like, "No, nah, that's that shit's fake, man." Because to me, WWF, WCW, that was the wrestling, right? Like I was like, "No, no, that's wrestling. This is wrestling. That's the wrestling I knew." So fast forward all these years, right? I'm like, "Ah, oh, man, I want to do that." He's like, dude, he's like, you'll get better at football. Trust me. He's like, you got to react off the whistle. It's going to help with your reflexes. You'll... I'm like, dude, you know what? I was like, you're right, man. Like, I think I think it might be a good thing. Like, I think it will help me get faster. Because in my mind, I'm like, fuck, man, I'm going to the league, bro. Like, <laughs> we're all so convinced. Like, you can't tell me shit. I'm going to the league. That's how, I mean, to me, that's how you made your millions, right? Like, that's how you made your millions. That's how you fucking, that's how you made it. Like, you had to fucking, you had to make it to the fucking league. Like, that's it. Like, professional sports was the way out. So, I'm like, yeah, that's it. I'm going to fucking make it. So, this is a way for me to get better at football. I'll do it. Cool, man. Let me go out for wrestling. Man, the rest is history. It changed my whole fucking life. It was the, wrestling is the greatest sport. And I cannot wait for my son to wrestle. It changed my whole life. It taught me how to work hard. It taught me what it means to really overcome adversity. And uh, I can remember one time after wrestling practice, coach my uh, my coach, Coach Cagle. I had a few different coaches, but Coach Cagle um, really sticks out for a lot of life lessons. And one of them, he was talking about like why he coaches. And uh, one of the greatest thank yous or just like one of the the biggest things about being a coach that uh he you know he appreciates the most is is when you know a former wrestler comes back you know years later and like you know like they shake his hand and they're like thank you thank you coach and it's not because of like what he did you know while they were wrestling. Well, it is because what he did while they were wrestling, but it, the, the thank you means more because it's not a thank you that he's receiving, like, you know, from, like, a kid who just, you know, placed well on state. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're grateful for that. But the thank you he's getting there is from another, from a grown man that 
took away life lessons, uh, you know, from the wrestling room. You know, he he, he was telling us a story about of you know a wrestler who did that, and he was like, you know, thank you, coach. You know, because of these lessons that I learned in this room, I you know have been better uh, able to just handle life as a man. And that's the fucking truth. And then that's always really stuck, you know, stuck with me. And I can't wait to actually do that, you know, to go back and shake his hand and, and tell him thank you. Because a lot of the, the lessons I learned in that wrestling room, um, the mental strength, it's carried me so far in life. Uh, yeah, I just I just can't wait to actually go say thank you to him. So, you know, wrestling is just, is, man, I just cannot give it enough praise because it is the it's been the catalyst for you know a lot of the things that uh i've done in life uh has been wrestling so yeah man that's fucking cool ass shit so i started wrestling uh did that through high school and uh that's actually what brought me to the st louis area i uh i wrestled at lindenwood university Briefly, very, very briefly. Uh, went there for a scholarship, though. And I uh, ended up stopping whenever I had my son. Uh, I had my son whenever I was 20 years old. Now, let's back up to that one because there's a lot of details there um, with my son and just kind of different things, and it all goes back to growing up, right? So throughout high school, man, like, ah, man, my mom, she wasn't very strict with me. Like, she kind of let me do whatever the fuck I wanted, which felt cool at the time but now I look back on it, it's like god damn mom should give me more discipline uh I had a girlfriend who I later ended up marrying so I mean my high school sweetheart you know we were together for almost a decade we ended up getting married we had two kids two beautiful children they're now 10 and 8 had my first son whenever I was uh my first son had my son whenever I was 20 uh he was born the summer after my sophomore year in college. So my whole sophomore year, man, I just spent working, trying to save up. I wasn't wrestling. I was just going to school full-time, uh, working full-time, just trying to do the best that I can. And, uh, yeah, man, so her and I, we, we got divorced probably three it's been three years since we've been divorced but going on six years now that we've been separated it'd be six years next year coming up so pretty close to to the six years that we separated but growing up man like in the midwest you're always taught man like you fucking you know you, you like get a good job like you go to school you get a good job you fucking, you find a girlfriend, you settle down, you have a family. So, like, me, man, like, not being taught, like, hey, man, like, there's a lot to, there's a lot into life, man. Don't just settle fucking down. Like, don't just settle. Like, go explore, learn who you are. Like, there's, there's a lot to this. Wasn't taught these things, so settled quick, man. I settled real fucking quick. Settled for the first piece of pussy that was fucking available, and that's what I did. And, uh... You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, I'm definitely going to make sure my kids do a whole lot better than that. But, you know, that's just the path that I fucking took, man. So I had a kid very young. Uh, my last two years in school, uh, you know, I graduated with my bachelor's degree and bachelor's in business administration. Those last two years, though, I was taking 18, you know, credit. I was taking 18 hours a semester. 
Um, I had I had it worked out to where I was going on Tuesdays and Thursdays, so it was all day Tuesdays and Thursdays. Whenever I wasn't working, though, I was uh, I was fucking working, you know, and I was also being a dad. And also at that time is whenever I started training. So in 2008, shortly after my son was born, um, I took my first fight. Uh, I was an independent fighter. I had I had no gym. I had a buddy uh, who also used to he used to wrestle. He had, uh, I don't know if maybe he fought once or twice as an amateur, but we would just kind of work out. I worked out a lot by myself. I was personal training at uh, 24-Hour Fitness at the time. And uh, I was like, fuck, man, I just missed competition, and I wanted to fight. And it just kind of felt like a natural progression from wrestling. And uh, so that's what I did. I was a fan of the UFC. I remember watching The Ultimate Fighter back in high school. I was like, fuck, yeah, dude. Like, I I can remember being real young. And, like, you know, the early 90s when the UFC was around, and I didn't have an understanding of it. I kind of heard about it a little bit. I was like, like, oh, man, fuck, that's crazy, man. I'm scared of that. I was like, I was scared. And uh, I was like, I'll never do that. That's fucking crazy. Fast forward all these years later. What the fuck? (laughs) Little did I know. So, yeah, man, I, uh, I was like, man, I tried the rapper thing in middle school, uh, middle school and high school, and, and uh, Tony, he's always been a lyricist, and uh, he, to this day, man, he still kills it uh, with, with the writing, and he, you know, he put out an album, but, like, I just wasn't, you know, we kind of fucked around the music a little bit, but it just wasn't my passion, I wasn't feeling it, I can remember telling Tony, like, I was like, dude, like, I'll be honest with you, man, like, this is what I want, dude, I want to chase this dream, and it felt really, it was really hard for me to have that conversation, because prior to that, it was always him and I, like wanting to chase this music dream but I wasn't really feeling that like I've always I've always gravitated towards like physical like athletic endeavors and I've always wondered why that is I don't think I'm the best verbal communicator and that's again another reason why I want to do the podcast because you know the more you do it the better you get I've always expressed myself through movement, I realize. Uh, I think mo- movement is a universal language. You and I may not speak the same language, but we both speak movement. And for me, a lot of that movement was through competition and sport. But wrestling specifically, I realize a lot of the things you do in wrestling, I've come across today in the health and fitness industry with like, you know, like MoveNet and Animal Flow. I, I see some of these movements I'm like, oh, that's a hip heist. Like, oh, that's just a sit-through. Like, oh, like, you know what I mean? Like, movement is universal. I don't care what title you put on that. Like, what you call it, what system you put in. You know, like, it's it's just movement. So, yeah, man, like, it's just fucking, I've, I've always expressed myself through that, I realize. So I've always been, you know, I've always been drawn to uh, to athletic and sports because, there's nothing more pure than that and so there's also like the ego and the alpha in me where you know in mma and especially in wrestling it's like you know that's domination that's control you know what i mean like that's victory you win and um there's nothing more pure of a sport than mma where the variables are many and the fucking risks are high you know what i mean so that just always drew like drew me to like just the the pure the purity of the competition and the sport to where it's like man you go in there and it's like a fucking owned that like you performed to your ability and i used to say i was a i'm in a you know an adrenaline junkie but i've realized i'm a flow junkie the feeling you get after a fight is so fucking amazing but when you're in there 
and it's like a dream and it's like everything is on autopilot and you're thinking so clearly and you just see it and it's just like bow bow it's just the best feeling it is the best feeling the last time i experienced that was whenever i fought on bellator 2015 i don't remember the date but it was in november i fought jordan dowdy at the Hearn Center, Scott Trade Center, sorry, Scott Trade Center, downtown St. Louis. Man, stepped in that cage. It's a big-ass cage. The canvas felt so good. It was a little rough, just just enough, you know, grip. Felt good in there, man. I was like, you know, you just, you're in there, and nothing hurts. You just, boom, just everything is smooth. And I look back on the performance. It wasn't my smoothest performance on my striking. I'm so critical of my striking. I was never that fucking, just that pow. I just never, just never really found that timing that I wanted in like in a actual perform, like in a cage, in a performance. I always did in practice, but never in a performance like I wanted to. Anyway, get in there with Jordan and like everything's just clicking. Boom, we fucking we lock up. Boom, hit a, hit some good knees. Bow, bow, knee, knee, trip. Boom, take the back, sink the choke in. Just everything was just smooth. You know what I mean? Like. You get in there, and then you're done, and you're just on this high. It's like, it's like, whoa. And at that point, you're already out of flow state. But, like, I didn't realize, like, being in that flow state, that is the best. And you can reach flow doing anything. I've just done it, you know, during, you know, doing athletics. But you can do it with anything. You can do it in fucking reading. Just anything that's challenging. And if you want to learn more about flow state, I talk about that with my boy Drew Noblot. God damn it, Drew, what episode was that? I don't know. Sorry, guys, you have to look that one up. I want to say Drew might have been like 23. Nope, that was Rich, 24, 25. He's he's 25 or 26. Drew's 25 or 26. That was a great conversation. Um. Yeah, so, man, whenever I was in school, I was finishing up school. I was a fucking full-time dad. Uh, I was working full time. You know, my last two years, I was, you know, I was a personal trainer, and then I started working at Selfmet Superstores. I left the big box gym, still did some training, but I was mostly working at Selfmet Superstores at the time, and uh, that was a hell of an experience. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I was working full time. I'm training full time. You know, I'm fighting now. I, uh, you know, have a kid. So I just, that's also a part of the reason why I don't feel sorry for too many people. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. Like, I will say, at the time, we were getting help. So my ex-wife and I, we were getting help from her parents. So that was really nice. Um, I mean, I'm still working and paying for my own own school and doing all my own shit. But it was nice to have some extra support, 100%. So I can't deny that. But, uh, yeah, man, for people who just say, like, they don't have time or, you know, I'll never understand a motherfucker who is broke and they don't have kids or they tell me why they can't do something and you have no responsibilities like another human being that you're responsible for. It's like, get out of here. Get out of here at that. Like, you need to, you need to fucking toughen up and you need to go put in some work and, and get it done. Like, it's just that simple. Quit making excuses for yourself and go get it done. I just don't have time for the shit. So, yeah, man, um... That was a uh, that was a hell of a time. That was a hell of a time. I didn't have a typical college really uh, experience. I lived in the dorms as a freshman, and then I moved out of the dorms uh, the very next year as a sophomore. 
and uh, that's when I moved in with my girlfriend, and then we found out, you know, she's pregnant, and then, you know, I've already went over that, all, all that good shit. I thought it was so cool to to fucking live off campus and, ha- you know, and just be with my girlfriend all the time, my high school sweetheart. Like, I look back on that shit, and I'm just like, I'm going to smack the shit out of my son if he tries to do any of that shit. If he tries to repeat any of those mistakes, I'm going to smack the shit out of him. Because... Dude, you don't even know who you are until you're, you know, until like your mid twenties. And some people don't even know then. But your frontal cortex isn't even fully developed until then. You're still trying to figure it all out. And I'm not even going to encourage him to go straight into college because I think that's a fucking, you know, a racket. You know, like the cost of university has far um, outpaced uh, inflation, and they make it so easy for for just young people to get into debt and and it's the only debt that can't even be forgiven if you uh, if you declare bankruptcy. So you're stuck with this. You're an indentured servant, and you're a fucking slave to this number. Like it's it's crazy. So yeah, man. I just I feel like I've learned a lot, and uh, I definitely want to hopefully help him in a in a in a way that uh, will make him successful, for sure. Uh, yeah. Oh, man, I feel like if so. God damn, guys, I've been talking to you for about an hour just rambling. If you're still listening, thank you. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, man, so I've just, I've I've always grown up and uh, just worked hard for the, the things that I've had, and I've never really uh, made excuses or, or asked for help. That's a big problem of mine. I don't, I have a hard problem asking for help. Um it's always been a challenge. I like to do everything by myself, which, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you can't do everything by yourself. In the beginning, a lot of times you have to do a lot of things by yourself, but it's all about building a team and you can't do it by yourself. You know, if you want to go fast, go by yourself, but if you want to go far, go together, you know? So shit, man, it's always been a challenge of mine. Um, asking for help. Definitely something to improve on. Definitely. I say that too much. I say definitely a lot. So, yeah, I uh, I got my first job whenever I was 16, but really I was working before then, right? Because I got a lawnmower. How old was I? 12. Had to have been 12. Yeah, it was when we first moved to Jeff City, not too long after that, I got a lawnmower. I was fucking going door to door. You know, I made some business cards. I fucking had a little business going. My, uh, you know, Tony, my best friend, he and I, we would walk around when it was snowing. And we would shovel snow and uh, just doing, you know, landscaping, yard, you know, yard work and shit. Got my first official job at uh, whenever I was 15 at a nursing home, washing dishes, working in the kitchen. Now, looking back on it, I wish that. I wish I would have placed more value in the entrepreneurial endeavor, right? Like, really go at that instead of looking for um, a job for somebody to pay me. You know what I mean? Like a place of employment. Uh, I think I'm going to encourage that much more so in my kids to make their own money uh, doing something that they enjoy or... Uh, just doing something on their own that they're building as opposed to going to a 
like a, a job or an institution and just uh, and looking for a place of work. There's nothing wrong with, you know, if you are, you know, if you have a job and you're working for somebody else, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Like, it's it's okay. Like, that's totally fine. And if that is what makes, you know, it makes you happy and what you're doing, then, you know, be the best at that. You know, be an entrepreneur. You know what I mean? Like, fucking create your own lane there and kill that shit. You know what I mean? Or if you're just going to work and just passing the time because it just affords you to do the things that you want to do in life and uh, and you're totally cool with that too, ball power to you. That's all that is good. For me, that is not good for me. I need to build something on my own um, and I cannot work for another person in that way. So that's what I want to instill in my kids. I would like to instill that instill that entrepreneurial spirit and understand that you can make it anywhere in the world. Like if you want to fucking go, you know, if you want to go to fucking Thailand or you want to go to south america or you want to go anywhere and you want to go check it out and visit there and travel there and you know see the people and and go live there for a period of time go do that you can fucking do that and you can probably go teach english or you can find somewhere or some way to make some money like you don't need a lot to live so i just want to teach my kids these type of things that you know what is important is like you know, knowledge is important. You know what I mean? Not not the fucking, uh, not what brand of shoes that you're wearing. You know what I mean? Like, save your money. Be physically responsible. Like, it doesn't take much to live. You don't need as much as you live. So, as, as much as you might think to live. So, if you want to live anywhere in the world, you can do that. Like, it's not that hard. Um, now, there's nothing wrong with, uh, with materialistic things. My son, God, he wants... Uh, Every time we see a Tesla, his eyes light up. You go look at my vision board. I have fucking huge visions. And I, nice shit is cool too. Like I want to have a lot of money. I want to have nice shit. But I think I think to at least have the understanding that that isn't the, uh, the ultimate thing that will drive your happiness or, you know, will make you complete. I think that's important to understand, right? It's not going to make you complete. I think it's a piece of the puzzle. I think it's a very important piece of the puzzle. And uh, people who say that money isn't that, uh, money doesn't matter or is fucking crazy because money does matter. Uh, go, you know what I mean? Like go feed your kids without money. Like you can't do it. Like you have, you know what I mean? Like you have to have money to fucking to live in this world. Now you may not need as much as you think. That's the thing. If you have high aspirations like I do and you want to make a lot of fucking money. That's cool too. But to understand that you don't necessarily need to have a lot of money in the world to make it, that's also important too, right? So, yeah, man, I just want to teach him those skills like entrepreneur, entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship. There we go. Uh, So, yeah, I fucking cut grass, got my first job as a dishwasher. Um, So I've been working shit since I've been like 13 years old, 12 years old. Uh... And I've never stopped. I, uh, I've had a ton of different jobs, which is crazy whenever I start like talking about them and listing them. Man, growing up, what have I done? Let's talk about it, guys. Fuck, this is my podcast. Um, what have I done? So I was a dishwasher. I have I worked at Target. I have uh, what else did I do? I cleaned an office building over the summer one time. God, that sucked. I was fucking 
had to clean some bathrooms and fucking clean stainless steel and just do a whole bunch of stupid ass mop and sweep and so I've I've done janitor janitorial work. Um shit. I've sold women's shoes, <laughs> sold men's shoes, used to sell jewelry. I've worked in a couple different factories. Um uh, shit. What else have I done? Yeah, one time uh what else have I done? I've gone door to door and I've sold cable. Uh shit. Like I said, I've done the personal training, worked at a supplement store. I'm skipping over shit. What have I done? I've done a lot of sales. In high school, man, we used to always have to sell shit, man. We used to have to go to door to we used to have to sell these um, these discount cards for the booster club, and I would just go door to door and just knock. I've done a lot of knocking on doors and selling shit. Now that I think about it, fucking my services, lawn services, right? And then I would do it for fucking. I did it for football multiple years, and then I did it selling cable. Fuck, man. Ooh, what what other factory that I worked in? So I worked in a factory called ABB. That was a dirty ass job. That was I did that after uh, my fresh after my senior year in high school. Yeah, after I graduated high school, I got that job, and uh, it was just dirty work. I did through it. I did it through a temp agency. My wrestling coach's wife worked at the temp agency, and she got me that job. It was good money for me at the time. I think they were paying me like ten bucks or something. I'm like, oh shit, this is fantastic money. So. I did that, and I broke my hand being just stupid, drunk. Punched a car window like an idiot. I thought the car window would break. Eh, broke my hand instead. <laughs> that was a crazy night. Um, yeah. Fuck, what else did I do? So I worked at that factory. I worked at um, a place up here called Johnson Controls where we uh, – I don't even think they had a contract, but we were, like, making, like, car seats for, like – the Dodge Ram truck. I worked on an assembly line, so they had me at a um, they had me at a station where I was putting on the seatbelt. I had that shit down packed. I'm a very systematic type of person. I like to get shit done. Man, I was killing that shit. They're like, okay, we got this young, we got this young strapping dude, right? Fucking uh, put me in the very front where. So you know the metal frame that the there's a metal frame that the seat sits on. So, like, whenever you go forward and back and whatnot, you know, you're adjusting the seat, it slides on that frame. I had to fucking put that, pick up that frame off the floor, put it on the fucking, uh, put it on the line, put this plate on, fucking screw these bolts in all in this time. And this shit was laborious. I'm like, fuck, man, I cannot do this forever. There have been, there have been so many jobs where... I've I've done them, but I've I've always been like, ah, who gives a shit? Like I'm not gonna do this forever. And um, I'm I can remember specifically working at ABB, in right after I graduated high school, and I worked there with a guy who uh, I I graduated with the son, and this guy had been working there for uh, like twenty fucking five years or some shit. And I'm like, man, dude, I could never do that. I could never be here. And if that's your life, that's totally cool. But for me, I'm just like, man. So I've always had this idea of like, you know, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get a way better job after I get, you know, after I get my degree. So all these jobs that I had up until then just never fucking mattered to me because I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll do it. Who cares? I'll get a new job. 
like once I get my degree, then then it's on. Like you know what I mean? Like I have my degree, now I'm gonna start making money. So because of that, I did get a very eclectic um ex like range of experience. But uh yeah, I don't know if that was necessarily like the best fucking mindset, right? Because I kept just banking on like this lie it wasn't the best mindset i kept banking on this fucking lie that i'll get this degree and when it's like once i have this degree i'll have this fucking awesome job where i'm making all this money yada 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 you know the rest right so that that's all bullshit right that's not true yeah what other jobs sold jewelry said that one time so after i did get my degree we moved uh, from from St. Louis to San Antonio, Texas, uh, for about a year. Uh, my ex-wife and I, we her folks were down there. We moved in with them, thinking that you know it would be the best thing to save up, buy a house, whatever the case may be. Didn't really plan out. I was going down there with the assumption that there was a job lined up for me, um, or at least an opening with some pharmaceutical sales. I was told. Uh, by my former in-laws, like, yeah, yeah, I know this guy, you know, he's in pharmaceutical sales, he said, yeah, I want you to get down here, you know, there's a job lined up, basically, I get down there, not the fucking case, They're, they, <laughs> somebody was known, and, and that did pharmaceutical sales, and that was about it, so I fucking, I'm scrambling, well, that's when I got hooked up, doing door-to-door -door selling cable, but, you know, I'm like, man, fuck this, dude. Like, I did that for probably, like, six weeks. And I was like, man, fuck this. I did not go to school to sell fucking cable door-to-door. -door. This is ridiculous. I was pissed off because I felt like I moved down there on false pretenses of a job that really wasn't there. Quit my fucking job. First and only time I've ever done that in my whole life. Quit a job without having a job. And uh, for the next... Uh, shit, man, probably... Four months, five months, I was a stay-at-home dad. So shortly after moving to San Antonio, that's when my daughter was born. She was born in San Antonio. So I had a fucking basically a newborn baby with me all the time. And my son, who was, I guess, just two at the time. And, uh, yeah, so my ex-wife, I guess, you know, she went back to work. And uh, I was just home with the kids all the fucking time. And uh, that kind of came to a head. And we ended up moving back to uh, to St. Louis so I could continue fighting and uh we we both just wanted to be back home this was home so we came back here and this was in 2011 oh i was a security guard there we go so in 2011 yeah i was a security guard i worked overnight as a security guard and uh, i did that for like nine months until i got my first uh like corporate job which uh was uh at a company i was at for five and a half years and that's kind of whenever I felt like, all right, I wasn't even making that much money there, but I had like good insurance, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm using my degree, and then like, but I was, I wasn't, I wasn't fucking happy. I was just settling in life ultimately, um, working there. But yeah, so whenever I was a security guard, I fucking worked third shift, which I never thought I would do. My dad growing up always worked third shift, and uh, I never thought I wanted to do that. Actually, I knew I never wanted to do that. So I never thought I would do it, but I, w I read a lot of books, a ton of books. I read a book like every three nights. I think I, I did total it up. I can't remember these days, but I think I read like 60 or 70 books over that nine-month period, and I also watched a lot of movies, and I caught some good naps. But during that time, I worked a lot on my business plan for Imposed Will, 
this was the very beginning. I remember I, I first thought of Imposed Will in 2009 is when the company was like conceived and, you know, inception. And then that's whenever I got my first logo done, you know, worked through there. I, uh, I think I had the logo done in 2010 there. I graduated and moved to San Antonio or yeah, I moved to San Antonio and I went ham on the business there, man. I fucking got on like Alibaba, fucking got a hold of some manufacturers in China fucking had them send me uh samples for like some shirts and some bags and man that was quite the fucking process right so it'll find this manufacturer then you're sending all through email right and it's different you know huge times so like i'm emailing the first thing in the morning you know what i mean like when i wake up and i'm sure it's like super late when they're getting it you know what i mean so then they email me so it's like this 12 hour time difference that we're communicating on all this shit and then I find out like, oh fuck, like this is a real like a real manufacturer. So like they had me send them like the measurements on all the shirts that I wanted, like all the specs. So like it was a crazy ass learning process. And um I have a tendency to downplay things, but whenever I really think about it, like that's like in an international like business and trade. Like I there's a manufacturer in China that contacted I uh, I worked out the details. I honestly never placed an order with them because the uh, the volume that was needed to order, I just I couldn't. I didn't have the funds for that, and uh, just very limited experience. I I didn't really know another way to negotiate or go about it. Uh, so it, it was just too expensive to uh, to go the route from you know to have a foreign manufacturer produce my T-shirts and send those to me. Um, and everything else that I needed that I wanted. So I had them send me uh, sample shirts, hats, and bags. And, um, yeah, it was, it was crazy, man, to give them all those specs and then, you know, then you get them shipped here and you got to pay tariffs and just all that. It was just a good learning experience. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was just doing, right? Fresh out of, you know, college, I started a brand and, uh, I was just fucking going ham at it. Uh, yeah, so I was working more on the business plan, though, when I got back because I was, uh, kind of revamping it. And uh, I wanted to uh, to take it a little bit of a different direction. So I was working a lot on the business plan. I was reading a shit ton of fucking books, and uh, I was you know watching movies. And at, uh, still at this time, I'm training. Got the kids right, so I get off work. I fucking watch the kids during the day. Take a nap. Go go train. Get done with training. Go to work. Training's always been a pretty cornerstone staple in my life. So yeah, man, that was a that was a hell of a time being a, a security guard. But then I got that job in in the corporate world. Worked at that place for five and a half years. Um, got let go from that job, and uh, that brings me to uh, you know two thousand and what were we at two thousand seventeen? Whenever I got let go from that job, so that was last year, a year and a half ago now. And uh, man, that was that that wrecked my fucking world. To be honest with you guys. Uh, I really uh, was in a hard place, but man, you know, I didn't have time to sit there and feel sorry for myself, so I started acting. Um, I did get a contract, you know, like two weeks later, so I wasn't really super stressed. You know, I had another job pretty quickly. That contract ended at the uh, one year ago, last December, and then uh, and then I didn't work for well, actually, but between the time of getting let go from that corporate job, which I thought was so safe. And starting the contract, there's about two months. So I got the contract two weeks later. Um, assignment didn't start for two months. So I had two months to work on my business and kind of my own thing because I was like, man, I can't 
I can't do this. So let me try to work on some of my own shit. So I, you know, I was kind of working on my own thing again. I was like, fuck, man. Like, I, you know, let me bring Imposable back. Like, let me. I've I've never let this brand has always been with me all through my fighting career. You know, I fought for. Uh, I was active, you know, for nine years and ten years. So it's been ten years now uh, since I first started fighting. I had my f- ten years in October was the anniversary of my first fight, and uh, fuck, what the hell was I saying? I got fucking sidetracked. I was telling you guys my anniversary. I'm fighting. Oh, let me bring back this brand. Um, it's always been here with me all through my fighting career. Uh, but it's time to uh, to revamp this. God damn, where the hell am I, guys? Am I at today with the fucking brand? Oh yeah. So I took those two months. Uh, yeah, I'm bringing back you know the brand. I'm working on it some more. At that time, I'm like, all right, well, it's always been about mindset, imposed will. I will. I period will. I will. You say that, I feel like that's a very strong mantra. I feel uh, you say those two words, you fill in the blank behind it, and you can fucking own your life. You can do whatever it is that you want to do. I feel like the mind is a very powerful tool and is one of the most important things, and uh, where the mind leads, the body will follow. The body is capable of far more than the mind will lead you to believe so you have to strengthen the mind and you have to push the body and i think that through struggle is how we grow and uh imposed will is 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 it started as a mma brand and now it is a lifestyle it is a way of thinking it is it is much bigger than just an mma brand um it is I want to teach people and I want to help people become the best selves that they can be. And I want them to fucking own their life. I want them to impose their will on life, whatever that may be. And I want to help them do that. So if I wanted to do speaking, and that may still be the case, Uh, speaking may, you know, still be in the case, but I started down that path, you know, during those two months. Did that contract uh, for six months. That ended last December from January to May. Um, I continue to work on the business build. This whole year has just been me grinding and uh, just building the brand. And uh, I redid the logo. And I and I've been really just honing in my education and getting some certs because I decided to go back to my passion. So like I said, in 2009, 2010, I was a personal trainer. Um, I worked at Selfman's Superstores. So I, I've i always had this passion and I've always had this drive um, for health and fitness and wellness and just to be the best me that I can be. Um, it started out very selfishly from a sport perspective and just wanting to perform as the best athlete that I can be. But now it's turned into, now I want to help people. I want to teach people. I want people to be their best, you know. Um, I feel like it starts with the mind. We have to train our mind. And then once we get our mind in place, the body can be trained and we can move and we can perform in life, whatever that means for you. So that's what I've been working on. So I've never stopped learning. Um, Podcasts have been amazing. Like I said, I've learned so much through podcasts. 
I've read so many books. I've studied so much. Um, there's not a person in this world who I don't feel comfortable having a high-level conversation when it comes to health and fitness and nutrition and wellness. I'm a fucking expert in this, and this is what I want to dedicate my life to. I want to help people be them be, be their best selves. So I take it very seriously. So this year, um, I just rededicated myself that I've knocked off seven certifications here in 2018. Um, started with you know just the basic personal training one. I feel like that's just a just a foundational one um, to have. Um, I got my and that's from the National Academy of Sports Medicine, NASM. Um, I also received their Corrective Exercise Specialist certification um, from the American uh, ACE, so American College of Exercise. Um, I think that's what that means. Um, I received their health coach certification as well as their fitness nutrition uh, specialist certification. And then from the Onnit Academy, I received their certifications for the steel clubs as well as the steel mace. Those are two training modalities that are very unconventional. You're not going to see them in any big box gyms. Um, in fact, you're probably not going to see them in even some small gyms depending on what area you're at. And then I also got a second Steel Mace certification from the one and only Leo Savage. What the deal is? Um, you can check out uh, my podcast with Leo. Actually, I had him on episode 28. Fucking awesome. I, I am huge on energy and vibrations, and Leo has amazing energy. Um, you know, I came across the Steel Mace through On It, and... Uh, which brought me to uh, Isik, who was the like the head steel mace guy there, and uh, so I thought that's who I really wanted to learn from. I had met him uh, briefly, uh, but I tried to get him on the podcast a couple times, kind of fell through, meaning he agreed and then blew me off. So didn't have him on the podcast, but I did meet Leo, and uh, you know, actually let me back up that because I don't want to, you know, I don't take that personal. I think it's kind of fucked up when you uh, commit to something and then blow that person off. It's not very professional. Uh, I would still have him on the podcast, and maybe we could discuss that, and I could hear his side of it. But either way, I just don't think you do that to people. So I was down in Austin for the Steel Club certification, and Leo was also taking that certification for the first time. Uh, he's taken all the steel. He's taken all the on it courses, um, many of them multiple times. But this was the first time for that one. I had met him, and instantly his energy was just very authentic. And I was like, man, like you know, I heard him. Uh, we just some some of the conversations we had. I was like, oh man, he's fucking he knows his shit. And then just watching him and interacting with him throughout the weekend i was like man he's just such a cool ass dude and uh i was like fuck dude like i want to learn from this guy i have to learn from this guy so i took his uh his uh beta group he offered uh a very discounted uh rate for a beta group to test out his online uh programming and it has been phenomenal it has been phenomenal so I did get that certification as well. So as well, so Steel Mace Flow Level One Coaching Certification. So I'm like, I went hard and heavy, hot and heavy. I don't know on the Steel Mace, um, and that's all actually been this past month in November. So I just went, you know, heavy on the certifications and the education on the front end. Not that I didn't already have a lot of the, you know, the knowledge. 
um, just from my own studies and whatnot, but I think it is important to have those credentials behind you. Um, and, and it's not like I didn't learn something from each one of those courses anyway. So I take this very serious and this is my passion. So that's what I want to do. I want to help people. And that's where I am now. So that's this where I am now. I've had all these fucking different jobs. Um, you know, I fought MMA at a very high level and, you know, I've I fought professionally, you know, I did that for so long. You know, I've done professional boxing and, you know, kickboxing and I've done amateur boxing and Muay Thai and, and MMA, like, and, you know, obviously jujitsu. Um, I've been training jujitsu for nine years and, uh, you know, I've, a lot of those things have always just kind of been like a selfish endeavor. Um, but now I've, transition in this place to where it's like now nah, like it's less destructive with like combat sports and it's more like healing and helping you know through you know education and movement and um just a new way of training uh that most people aren't you know familiar with so many people believe that you have to fucking like beat yourself down to fucking train like i think that's a good training session like if i don't leave this training session feeling completely just like worn out like you kicked my ass like that wasn't a good training session and that's not the case you can leave a training session feeling better than when you came you should in fact so there's a lot to you know that that needs to be changed in the in the health industry and uh i'll talk more about that on a later note but uh yeah so i've had all these different jobs i've done all these these different things right like fucking security guard and sales and you know fighting and but at the end of the day, like, what I want to do with my life and where I'm at, like, I want to fucking just build the life that I'm trying to live and, you know, fucking travel the world and connect with people and podcast and fucking, I'm going to start hunting. Fucking Joe Rogan got me and Cam Newton. Like, fucking, I've been talking for two years about getting a bow and doing bow hunting. I got to do that shit. I'm going to do that. So, fucking bow hunt and just do jujitsu like I've been doing and uh I'm working towards my you know that coveted black belt which train with that without expectations but I started the sport with the intention of getting my black belt for me that's just the, the I want my black belt so I can start the next journey of working towards my red belt which it's all time you know maybe I'll get there maybe I won't as far as a red belt I will get my black belt that's duh but Maybe I'll get my red belt. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But, you know, I plan to live until I'm 100 years old easily. I, I definitely plan to be a centurion. So ho I shouldn't have my red belt. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like I shared a lot with you guys. We are at an hour and a half. And uh, I don't know. Maybe I can come back and uh, I'll do some more solo cast and, and talk to you guys. But, uh yeah, do I end it here? I think so. Is that a good ending point? I don't know, guys. You tell me. Um, yeah, I went through a lot. I'm I'm sure there's definitely some things I glossed over. Um, I probably jumped a lot. It's probably very scattered, and you guys are like, "What the fuck are you talking about? This none, none of this makes sense. Nothing, no, nothing's connecting." Uh, maybe I probably started some things and didn't finish. Definitely won some rambles and lost my thought train of thought. But, uh, yeah, so, hey, man, this is what it's about. This is what it is about. It's a journey. Um, I really appreciate you guys, you know, joining me for this journey and listening. Um, 
yeah so i will leave you guys with that um go kill it you always have a choice to be great and uh, i love you guys peace hey guys thanks for listening hopefully you enjoyed that hopefully you got some value out of that if you did do me a solid tell a friend also go leave a rating and a review uh, especially on apple Podcasts. leave a rating and a review <clears throat> five stars um that helps other people find the podcast and it helps us grow this thing so uh go over there leave a rating leave a review tell a friend uh share it like it comment do all these things it all fucking helps also big shout out and thank you to my good friends over at jumbo superfoods you can go check them out in their full line of cbd products today over at jumbocbd.com you can save 20 percent off of your entire order um, just use the code outside when you check out also they typically have buy two get one free so throw two in the cart i bet they put a third one in there for free and you can save 20 percent off of that whole purchase so go check them out jambocbd.com use the code outside when you check out also go check us out at imposed will go to imposedwill.com we have a full line of apparel we've got a lot of cool shit in the works uh get on the mailing list and uh and see all the cool shit that we're doing and go impose your will on life uh, that's all i got for today folks i love you i will see you next time Mwah.